Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Haley, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for Welcome. So you take it away and you tell us all about you. Oh, gosh. Everything, as far back as you can remember, as detailed as you can remember. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, everyone out there wants details. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's all you. Oh, shit. Sorry. Uh, I don't know where it is. You can definitely swear. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I don't know. We could start with uh, you approaching me in my car. Yes. And telling me that you knew about the show. Yes. Because I just assume like the only people listening are like my family. So like literally <laughs> like my mom, well, it used to be my dad. Yeah. Right. But um, maybe my aunties might be listening. Right. But that's about it. No, yeah. I've followed you on like all social medias for like probably a few years now. Really? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> like I think I started following you on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. I, like, I'm so out of it. Like, I, I get on there, and then I'll follow people, and then I'll forget, like, what's going on. It's just so much going on on there. Well, I'm glad you did anyway. I'm glad you approached me, because that's, like, sometimes I don't get to as many meetings as I would like, and that's usually how we end up meeting people, right? And right. So thank you for listening. Yeah, thank like, you. For sure, you're welcome. And, yeah, we, we just want to hear your story. And I know people out there do because they're tired of me talking. <laughs> Probably already. Well, well I, I don't know. What would you like to know? So what, what was your childhood like? Uh, and of course, the only details you want to share. Oh, I, I have grown and moved on a lot, so none of it phases me anymore. Okay, right on. Like, I'm from Ontario originally. Okay. Um, and I was, I was bullied a lot. Hmm. Like in grade three alone, I had my nose broken, my tooth punched out. It was loose, but it's, he still punched it out wow. and uh, my ribs fractured. How did that happen? Like, um, that sounds pretty severe. Like it was the nineties. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> like fair enough. And, um, I was one of the many kids who were like, oh, they're hyper. Just stick them on Ritalin. Mm. Which is also why I liked stimulants when I was older. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, wait, there's a gateway in Ritalin? Right? Oh Giving my. children amphetamines is bad? It's tricky. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and I was 
bullied from grade one to grade five and grade six. I mm. was like an inch taller than my bully and would try it and stuck my nose up in mm. the air because I got cocky. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting times. Mm. And then I moved out here when I was 15 with my mom my stepdad and three of my brothers, because mm-hmm. on my mom's side, I'm third of four and only girl. Okay. And so we moved out here and I think my younger brother and I, we'd been out here for like two days mm-hmm. and all, we were just being shitty teenagers and we ran away from home because mm-hmm. we got grounded <laughs> and we stole a bag of BC cherries from the fridge yeah. and snuck out my bedroom window. Yeah. And we were in by um, Citadel area, like okay. way northwest, and we somehow yeah. got all the way to like Crow Child. Mm-hmm. Just, and then we're like two o'clock in the morning, rolls around. It's like, hmm, I'm bored. Me too. We don't know anybody or anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. Let's just walk home. You know, it's bad when your parents don't yell at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a different level of fear when that yeah. happens. When they just kind of like stare through you. When they're just like, get in the car. And that yeah. low voice, you're like, oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, out of the four of us, I'm the only one that stayed in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else went back home. Okay. My mom and stepdad are still out here. And then I had started experimenting. Like when I was 13 is when I started smoking mm-hmm. weed. Because I was 13 in a small town. What else yeah. do you do? That makes sense. Right? I mean, 13 in a big city, what else are you going to do? Pretty much. Well, 13 (laughs) in any city. It doesn't matter if it's like a town of less than 200 or (laughs) 200,000. Yeah. But yeah, so started doing that and then partying and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because like once I got into high school, I actually switched school boards altogether because I was so sick of being bullied Mm -hmm. that I was like, I'm just going to start fresh. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that my personality wasn't that bad. It was just my reputation that mm. preceded me of like, oh, you can punch her around and she won't do anything. Oh. But in grade nine, I got mouthy and mm. I got friends. It was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was, uh, I went from my mom begging me to just get out of the house mm-hmm. to her going, well, you're never home. And I'm like, well, what do you want from me, lady? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then it was, it started off at the, I don't know if it's normal. It was normal for like the town I grew up in mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, here's these pills. Here's mm. this powder. And I think it's pretty common now. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember because like I did live in a, um, so I'm from Ottawa. Okay. But Ottawa is such a big city that it has like small towns in mm. it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was from a particular area called Barhaven. And it, we like our, it was such a small town that like, Dealers would take turns practically. <laughs> and like, it was wild. Like there would be... Share the wealth, they always say. Right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I remember there was a bush party I went to. And it was probably this moment of sheer and utter terror that stopped me from like getting into crack. Because mm-hmm. I was at a bush party and like my brother's friends are there. Like a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And... It was always the townies. Like we were all, we all knew yeah. each other. And somebody's cousin brought somebody, which, uh, and they 
were like, hey, smoke some of this. And I didn't know what it was. I mm-hmm. like I had smoked weed maybe four or five times. And it was actually a crack pipe. Mm-hmm. So he lit it. I started to inhale. And one of my brother's friends just went, what the fuck are you giving her? And the guy ran. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God, what? What's mm-hmm. happening? Am I going to die? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it stopped me from ever smoking drugs. Like, yeah. So that like, that was a blessing. That's a definitely a blessing. And then I didn't I didn't do any like um, stimulants because my older brother almost died from it. So same similar thing where yeah. it was like you know what like I don't think so. Right. Yeah. And it was it was always those things where if either somebody didn't make it a big deal mm-hmm. or if it was a terrifying like what's going mm-hmm. on I was I didn't touch it mm-hmm. but it was when someone's like oh don't do this it's bad for you I'm like how bad is it yeah you say bad for me <laughs> yeah well and plus like in, like bad later or bad now yeah like <laughs> what what is the severity because mm-hmm. very low self-preservation yeah and so like yeah that scared me, so I never touched that again. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, moved out here. I fell in love with a boy mm. who sucked. Boys. Ugh. Boys kind of suck, though. Well, right, Darcy? Yeah. Yeah. I have five brothers in total. Like, they're not all bad. But my knight in shining armor turned out to be a doofus in tinfoil. Mm. A doofus in tinfoil? <laughs> <laughs> like so, a tinfoil hat? Oh, shit. That probably would have helped him, honestly. All right. <laughs> and um, God bless you, man. <laughs> he was a learning experience because, mm-hmm. like, you know, again, going through the steps and learning things, it's like, no, I don't have any, like, bad thoughts towards you. Mm-hmm. I hope that you get better and grow up and don't do this to anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to, like, leave you over there in those mm-hmm. memories. <laughs> and, yeah, like, it was a really... Um, abusive relationship Mm. and then um, in one instance he dislocated my shoulder and of course I didn't get it fixed Mm -hmm. because you can't go there and no because then you gotta tell him what happened right people ask questions and he's actually uh, it was him that had me hitchhike from Calgary back to Ottawa Mm. because he's like oh I know you miss your family and you want to see them and I believed him. Turned out he had warrants for his arrest because he did a dine and dash and dropped his wallet when he was leaving. Mm. So he had warrants. So we... Unfortunate. Right? Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we hitchhiked from Calgary to Ottawa and the last trucker that picked us up actually was going to Barhaven. So I was able to like give this trucker directions to mm-hmm. the uh, grocery store he was delivering to, which was kind of <laughs> cool. Like I skipped That's around fun. the entire parking yeah. lot. And then I went from... Um, living in Calgary and like being homeless in Calgary. Mm -hmm. So like as independent as I could have been and to going back home and uh, my dad, like this was before he cut me out of his life for we've, we've made amends since then, but um, I went from being in a city of like over a million people to a town North of Ottawa with, literally less than 200 people Mm. so I remember like not only was I trying to figure out this trauma stuff because I was able to get away from my abusive ex during Mm. that time and I 
go to this town that's less than 200 people. Like, there's no gas station because it got shut down due to lack of business. Oh, wow. Like, there was four streets and two of them were, like, highways that Mm -hmm. connected. (laughs) And I remember sitting on the front steps going, give me a cab. Give me a bus. Mm -hmm. Give me a crackhead. Give me somebody I don't know not asking for directions. Mm -hmm. So I only lasted a month and a half there. Yeah. (laughs) Came back to Calgary and because... I was 16 and didn't want to admit to anybody that I had been through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off grade 12 and just, I got known as the stoner and the mm-hmm. fun one. And then I got invited to my first rave mm-hmm. and terrible, terrible logic. Like I understand what my thought process was, but if I could go back in time and just bitch slap 16 year old me I would love to because I went to this rave and I did way too much cocaine way too mm. quickly because I didn't know how to separate and that I didn't need all of it mm-hmm. so I did an entire gram in about a minute oh Jesus well I was gonna share but they left and <laughs> okay I'll double it oh Jesus right? <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> oh oh no it gets worse I uh I had heard a statistic because my mom uh back in Ottawa my mom worked at the hospital mm-hmm. so did my grandmother and I'd always heard the statistics that like one in 20 pills of ecstasy were lethal mm-hmm. and my logic was if I only do 19 and don't die statistically speaking if I don't touch that 20th one I'll be fine mm-hmm. That's not how that works. And like back in the day, most ecstasy was pressed with meth. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot for my 16-year-old body that I'd only ever done like two or three in a night. Mm -hmm. So I was in massive psychosis. I still don't remember how I got home, but I was there. Mm -hmm. And like it was crazy because I knew I was home. But at the same time, my reality was that I was getting chased by the police at like the Victoria Park station. Mm-hmm. And like, that was so real to me. I still remember that. Yeah. And I, I, I do not remember how long I was in this psychosis for, but it was there. Mm-hmm. And. Well, I think that's a difficulty, right? Is that psychosis <clears throat> makes it hard to tell. Oh yeah. Like it was yeah. like, it took me probably a couple of years to be like, there's no way I could have been getting chased by the police when I was at home hiding in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, logic aligned information, right? Like, right? Oh, like I'm home now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So I went on with. Don't that. do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> right? Like, forget, like, forget the dare campaign. Yeah. Just honestly, just oh. Just don't do it. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, yeah, so I was like that for a couple of years. And I think we were talking about this where, um, you know, when you remember the things you do is like, oh, God. Mm, but the yeah. different level of, like, embarrassment for when someone else tells you mm. what you did. And you're like, oh, oh did yeah. Because, like, I met up with uh, one of my friends that I used to use with. Mm-hmm. And she's sober as as well now. And she's like, do you remember when you found those pills in the alley 
off of Stephen Avenue and you were like, I don't want you to get hurt. So you snorted two and then ate the third. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't remember that, but Jeez. that sounds like something I would have done. Yeah. Oh God. And then in, I'm so glad you're here. Right. Yeah. Like I, poor form to, for lack of a better word, like I'm, but that's like the, I think that is probably the simplest way to describe addiction is right there is found these pills in an alley in a no, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. no idea what they are crushed up two and, and swallowed one. Like that is basically how, yeah. Like they yeah. were three. I don't even remember. Cause like, I don't remember doing this and I'm yeah. like, I, I like having the accountability now. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where, like, it was, and they were just wrapped up in, like, the corner of a baggie that were mm -hmm. torn. So they could have been, like, antihistamines to who knows what. Yeah. So, like, very lucky I didn't die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's been a lot of those cases. I know. We were talking about that outside. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm just going to, like, absorb it and take it all in that I'm sitting here with someone who might otherwise not be alive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, and that's just it. And like, I, um, so I am fortunate to have two dads. Mm -hmm. I have my biological father and I have my dad that raised me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my biological father, when I started going into like the parties and rave scene in, oh, it would have been like 2007. Cause I left his house and then just as they say, if you go to the uh, call-out meetings mm -hmm. where it's like, cannonball, <laughs> I, I went hard. There was yeah. no, like, testing out the waters. Mm -hmm. It was just like, huh, how big can I make of a splash? Mm -hmm. And then um, my dad that raised me, um, he passed away in September 2010. I'm sorry to hear that. And that, <laughs> I laugh about it now because it's hilarious. Not about him passing away. Like, that no. sucked. I'm yeah. just grateful that I was actually in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And I was able to be there when he passed away. Mm -hmm. And on. I was able to stay for his funeral and everything yeah. like that. So, like, I'm grateful for that part. Yeah, right on. And I had been uh, dating this guy. And... He, like, I texted him going, like, hey, I'm on the airplane coming home. Like, I had stayed an extra week to help mm -hmm. out my aunts and grieve. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, I'm on the plane now. I can't wait to see you when I get back. And this is back in the day of flip phones. Mm -hmm. So I land. Ah, the flip phones. Oh, the flip phones. <laughs> so I land, turn on my phone, excited to, like, you know, text my boyfriend, let yep. him know I'm here. Flip it open. Flip it open, turn it on, and I got a four-page breakup text message. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, you bitch. And, and do you remember how long it would take to make a one-page text message with <laughs> you have to push it, like, three times to get a letter? Right? Well, that's why you use the T9. I could text in my pocket with that one. Oh, well done. Well, I had to because I kept getting in trouble for texting at work. So I learned how to text in my pocket. <laughs> but yeah, he broke Modern up. problems call for modern solutions. Exactly. That's right. And so I get off the plane to that text message and I'm like, dude, you couldn't give me a day to like just cuddle me and watch a movie? Mm. You couldn't give me a day? You you suck <laughs> like pretty much that's the nicest way i could put it that was the first message you got landing here yeah 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 after like my dad died 
I, I want to say that, oh, God, I want to say I wasn't that selfish, but I probably was. Oh, yeah. like, do you remember what it was like being like 18, 19, like late teens, early 20s? It's cringy. Yeah. Oh, I oh. do remember. And it's a bit cringy for me. So. Right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. one of the worst things about Facebook memories. And you go, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't get on Facebook until long after those years. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> I am not as lucky, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I got that. And then I, cause I had tried to like the logic of an addict. Mm. So I was really into ecstasy and cocaine. And so I had stopped doing ecstasy cause I was like, like in reality, I was basically just doing eating meth. Mm-hmm. And so I'd stopped doing that. And then the guy I was dating liked to do MDMA, hmm. which is basically just clean ecstasy without the meth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's different. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and so when we broke up, I then went off the deep end and I was spending like, oh, $400 every other day on cocaine. Hmm. And it was, it was not good. That's hard to manage, right? Yeah. Well, especially because like my work, because um, I was working at the time, mm-hmm. my work uh, starved me out Yeah. because I didn't show up for a shift because it was like literally the day after my dad's funeral when I was mm. still in Ottawa. Yeah. So I don't know how I afforded this. And this is actually something that I hold on to now of like, hey, I was able to spend like probably about $1,600 a week without a job. Are you going to let coked out Haley out hustle you today or are you gonna like you know get what you need by Mm -hmm. like you know legal means Mm -hmm. because i was never i i did have my like limits on things that Mm -hmm. i actually held on to of a couple of them right on like i i never slept with anyone for drugs fantastic like it was different like (laughs) i never slept with anyone i wasn't dating for drugs Mm -hmm. You never traded sex for drugs. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. So I got, at least I had, so that was like, oh, I'm not doing that. So it's Mm -hmm. not that bad. But I also was spending like $1,600 a week for probably about two months. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but drug dealers will only front you so much before they want you to pay them. I heard that somewhere. Right? I think I saw it in a movie or something like that. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't know otherwise. No, no, no. So... Um, yeah, I'm Lily at white as snow. Yeah. Yeah. If it's sparkly, then it's not. St- if it's sparkly, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, so it was one of those things where, um, one of my really good friends that I had met a couple years before, like a year or so before that happened. And like, he is still one of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Like my kids call him uncle, everything like that. Um, he actually paid off my drug debt for me because mm. he's like, you're like, you know, I'm always afraid that you're going to die, but you're going to straight up get murdered or yeah. worse. And so, yeah, that's the environment you just can't, you can't afford to fuck around in. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, like, like, again, it's not anything of like excuses or reasoning, but in that addict mindset, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I can call my dealer or call like a pizza delivery and my dealer will get here first. So I think that means that he should get my money. 
I get it. Right? It makes sense. And my uh, roommate at the time was Here's my money for pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and my roommate was an alcoholic. Mm. So um, it was like, hmm, I can make it so I can't breathe through my nose or and not be hungry mm-hmm. or go like, oh, man, all the grocery money has been spent on beer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'd rather not be hungry. And... Um, he had met this girl. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> I have very low opinions on her. Mm. Even now, like to date, where I'm like, that was that wasn't fair to do. And so he is was dating this girl, and he sent me with her and her friend, a guy who um <laughs> he was like, Oh, can you look after her just to make sure like nothing happens? And I was like, I don't know what you expect me to do. Mm. And then, um, so I was hanging out with her and her male friend and he had gotten this hotel room and I'm sitting there just like, you know, using my little scraper watching, I think I was watching Richie Rich, honestly, mm. with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> we get into some weird shit, eh, when we're using. Oh man, yeah. I was obsessed with Hannah Montana. <laughs> Like I said, some weird shit we get obsessed with. Well, like I yeah. was tweaking out and all my friends who had drank had passed out and Hannah yeah. Montana was the most interesting <laughs> thing on and I was devout Sunday mornings. I totally get it. I totally get <laughs> it. One of my like guilty pleasures was like the Mystery Science Theater 3000. It was an old TV show. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid, right? But like it was one of my things. Yeah. Well, I had, like we had basic cable. I could watch Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy see those cringy moments yep Cr- what cringy very cringy oh, yeah. <laughs> like being 16 and like sitting like six inches away from the tv just watching this but at least it was on i got that going for me the tv was on wow <laughs> yeah you're lucky <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah so um i was using my scraper and i turned around and they were having sex behind me and i went Oh boy, I don't know how I'm gonna tell him this. So I just kept breathing in heavily because my joke was always, oh, I don't do cocaine. I just like how it smells. <laughs> no one likes how it smells. Let's let's be real. And then I uh, liked how hard liquor tasted too. Right? Yeah, yeah. that's why I drank it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, tasted so yummy. <laughs> oh, I just, I love drinking nail polish remover. It's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it, right? Right. And then, <laughs> so I actually, cause, so that happened. And then her, this same friend that I had watched my best friend's girlfriend cheat on him with, um, he and I became friends, mm-hmm. like totally nothing sexual like that. And he was like, Hey, you're in rough shape because this, I think I was at like the third or fourth time my dealer was like, Hey, you need to pay us. Mm. And I was like, okay, I can do that maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And well, obviously you did. I did. Yes. (laughs) Well, actually, um, my friend Kieran did. He is the one that like legit saved me from probably a fate worse than death. Yeah. Thank you, Kieran. Right. I, I love this man. Right on. And um, so I was talking with, um, yeah, the guy, and he's just like, hey, like, you're in really rough shape. 
Like, you know that, like, I know that your debt's paid off right now. Why don't you move to Edmonton with me? Like, you don't have to pay rent. You don't have to pay groceries. You don't have to do anything. Just, like, get on your feet and get better. Because I know that being where you are, you're never going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And I specifically said, okay, like, you're not looking for, like, a relationship, friends with benefits. Like, you're only doing this as my friend. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember going, like, only friend, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm a little damaged right now. I can't really do this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yep, nope, only, only as a friend. And so I had my night of fun because I'd also gotten into a, a physical altercation with my alcoholic roommate mm-hmm. where if I hadn't have moved, he would have put my face through the glass screen door of the basement suite that mm-hmm. we lived in but I was faster than him, luckily. <laughs> Thank God for your agility. It might have been the cocaine at that point, honestly. Thank God for cocaine and your agility. <laughs> <laughs> if you were on steroids, I'd say, Thank God for steroids. Right? Whatever gets you out but, of it. <laughs> so I did get out of there, and it was actually... So um, my clean date would have been um, my birthday. Because the, like, the last time I did... Uh, cocaine in Calgary or any thing like that in Calgary was the day before my birthday because mm. I'd moved to Edmonton that day. Yeah. And my birthday is always um, Grey Cup weekend, mm. which I love football. And... Ooh. Uh, right? Yeah. And Buddy took me to not any sports bar. And like, it was literally like Grey Cup was on my birthday. Mm -hmm. I was stoked. He took me to a bar in Edmonton called Filthy McNasties. (laughs) And I went, oh boy, well, this is, this is my introduction to Edmonton. I think that was my nickname for a long time when I was younger, (laughs) Filthy McNasty. (laughs) I think it's definitely one of those names. Yeah. And so we went there and I think I nursed like one beer because I was like oh. no like I like I'm feeling sick I You're just done. want to just be better because at mm-hmm. this point like I hadn't talked I hadn't spoken to um my biological father and on his side of the family I am the oldest of five mm-hmm. I have two younger brothers and two younger sisters and I hadn't talked to any of them in mm, four years mm-hmm. At this point. And I was like, I, I need to be done. Like, I need to get out of this. And then I, the same night, so like literally my first night in Edmonton, I didn't get to watch the football game. I was trying to get sober and I got taken to a bar called Filthy McNasties. <laughs> like, I haven't been, I, I had never once gone there, gone back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I go back either. Right? Well, yeah. like, I remember that they didn't even have a TV. Oh, so really? I couldn't even watch the <laughs> football game like out of the corner of my yeah. eye. You had a radio in the back back room? <laughs> I don't even know. Like I just again, it's hard to say what the reality is versus like yeah. what I imagined. But yeah, so I went we went back to his house and he's like, Well, I know you said you didn't want a relationship or anything, but I figured we could figure out something and I went, You son of a bitch. We talked about this mm. before. No. And I rolled over and tried to go to sleep. Mm. But I don't know if... Because, again, I, I know that you are as pure as freshly fallen snow. But There's oh, a halo above my head. Right? <laughs> so 
So I don't know if you remember the come down where you're like, I want to sleep, but I don't, I can't oh, yeah, stop I moving. I so I was at that point and yeah. I was like, and then I was just mad too. Cause it's like, you sort of a bitchy Mumio here. I don't mm. drive. Like, so, um, that's a scary time. Oh yeah. Like it was the next day I went and met up with a random friend I had made online mm -hmm. and, um, but he had messaged me going, oh, well, you can get your stuff out of my house this week. I don't want you living here anymore. And I'm like, dude, I just got in touch with my employer mm. and was able to, like, again, higher power was definitely looking out for. That's I, a bummer, man. Well, like, I was able to transfer my job, though. Even though oh, I had excellent. been starved, star uh, starved out in Calgary, mm -hmm. I was able to transfer and work for the same company in Edmonton. Okay, right on. So I had started, like, I had already gotten, like, all my paperwork and stuff done mm -hmm. from them. I was going to be able to start. And so I ended up living with this guy and his mom and his sister for, like, two months. And, like, I had met this dude once mm -hmm. and then I was living at his house with his whole family mm. but it worked because he worked days and I worked nights mm -hmm. or no I worked days he worked nights there we go mm -hmm. it was a blur and I was actually <laughs> yeah I, I remember <laughs> I remember and I was able to um stay there like I actually still keep in touch with his mom not him because Apparently sharing a room with somebody means that you're dating. And I wasn't aware of that. That's not how it works. Right? Like, yeah. I am a big believer in consent. Mm. Like, yes. You have to at least consent. Like, you have to consent to everything. Yeah, everything. And at any point in time, you can stop the ride. Yeah. And yeah. when there is no conversation about being in a relationship or even, like, actions to dictate that you are, aside from sleeping in the same room at different times... There was, there was no conversation. No, because it sounds just like people in Vancouver have to like share a room. So one of them has to work during the day and the other right. one has to work at night. <laughs> the so economy they can afford is shit. It, it right? makes sense. And so <laughs> once that started to get weird. Jeez, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it's all it's, it's all creepy shit of... though, right? Oh, being a girl sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like I, I could see it's, it's pretty tough. That's for sure. Like... It there's just, extra, there's extra stuff that you got to worry about. Well, and that's just it. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, everything is like, everything for everyone can be bad. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't like playing that like, oh, females have it worse. Cause like, no, I've never been a dude. I can't compare. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. I, what I'm saying is that yeah. like, just by, by sheer numbers of like, by the sheer reality that women have been mm -hmm. second class, have been treated as second class citizens for a long, a good portion of oh, our yeah. history. So that's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I, that's like, all I I'm saying. And I have no idea what it's like to be a woman. That's not what it. I'm saying. Yeah, I don't want Like, it. there's no pockets, honestly. <laughs> there's no pockets. There's no pockets. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't wear dresses, because there's no fucking pockets. Oh, some do. And when the dresses really? have pockets, they're good pockets. Oh, I'm in for a pocketed but dress. whenever you find a dress with pockets, if you don't go, it has pockets, and do a little twirl, you're you're not then, actually wearing a dress. Then you pockets. can't wear the dress. No, I got it. There's like a whole like initiation. For yeah, it. there's a rule. If it has pockets, <laughs> you have to tell everyone and do a twirl with them. I appreciate that. 
but yeah, like, um, so like with that, I was able to, I was working, getting to know people. I subleased an apartment because I'd Wait, like, your roommate situation didn't work out? No, because when <laughs> he's like, you're being a bad girlfriend. And I was like, I clearly am because I didn't know I was one. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I mean, it sounds clear as day. Right? Like, you hang out with my mom. Yeah, she's more fun than you. Therefore, you're, we're dating. <laughs> like, I hang out with a lot of people's moms. Don't make it weird. Yeah, that's weird. Don't make it weird. <laughs> And then, yeah, I was able to sublease an apartment for a couple months. And that guy turned out to be shysty. Mm. And then I got, oh, this apartment. I lived in just outside of Chinatown in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And it was such a shithole. I loved this little apartment. Mm -hmm. It was a bachelor suite on the ground floor. It was nice. like an old building. But it was all mine without a roommate. And it was $500 a month. And the bathroom was huge. Fantastic. Like my kitchen counter couldn't fit a shoebox on it. Yeah. I tested it. I could yeah. not fit a shoebox <laughs> on my counter. Those those bachelor suites were small. But the bathroom was fantastic. Like right there on. was so much room for activities. For acti <laughs> <laughs> what kind of activities in the bathroom, Haley? I got a cat. And I oh, can get okay, a fancy right igloo litter box <laughs> and put it behind the door and still be able to open the open door, the door. All the way. Like it was Did great. you say you had an igloo litter box? Yeah. Fantastic. Right? It makes mm. it not stinky. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it was it was an absolute shithole. And the guy that had lived there, <laughs> I loved this apartment. Mm. The guy that had lived there before me lived there for, I think, like five years. Mm -hmm. And he must have known like every drug user in mm. an eight kilometer range, which is five miles, by the way. I know the conversion. <laughs> um, and he didn't tell any of them when he moved. Yeah. So, like, I'd have my buzzer going <laughs> at all hours. People would be knocking on my window. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you were ground floor, too, yeah. right? Yeah. And, like, I'm this... I had only lived in Edmonton for, like, five months. It was my first time by myself. I was just meeting people. Like, I didn't have any supports. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. Like, I was just trying my best. That would have been freaky, man. <laughs> well, like, I remember, like, for the purpose of the thing. I'm going to say his name was Steve because it's always a Steve. Yeah. <laughs> and well, apparently like Dave's the new care, the, the male version of Karen. I didn't know that. I thought it was Matt. I believe it should be Matt. Yeah. yeah we're going to say think it's Matt. I don't think it should be Dave. Or like Clint. Ooh. I feel like a Clint. Clint? Yeah. yeah Clint could be. Yeah. Yeah. Could Just be. be careful with the font you use for that one. <laughs> <laughs> But, I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this, oh man. Like I'd have people ringing my buzzer, knocking on my mm. door going, Steve, Steve, where are you? Let me in. And like, cause I'm this 20 year old girl. That's like, yeah. I was, I hadn't been using it at that point. I was mm. still trying. I actually, uh, whenever I got a text going like, Hey man, we're coming up to Edmonton. You want to go skiing? I would actually delete their number and mm. not talk to them anymore. Cause I was like, Nope. Yeah. That's why I'm out here. If I do it here, I will die because I yeah. don't have a buddy system. Yeah. Not that I really used one, but it was always nice knowing somebody would like it, check on it me eventually. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. But yeah. And so like there I am, this little 20 year old girl just trying my best. Mm -hmm. And I buzz her at like 2.30 in the morning. Steve, let me in. Steve's not here. That, 
<laughs> Steve's not here, Steve's man. Steve's not here. <laughs> <laughs> and try and sound as like masculine as possible, which that is does awesome. not work. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. That's awesome that you try, though. I try. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> the worst part is like I was sober during this time. Yeah. Like I, but the logic was. Well, you didn't do nothing. You just happened to live there. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> Like, I, oh man, that apartment. Whoever Steve was, Steve was the troublemaker. Fuck Steve, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so like I lived there for a while. And when I was living there, I, uh, I got sick of the security company I was working for. Mm. And I, that's when I started bouncing when I was living at this apartment. Okay. And then kind of just like floating around for other jobs. Like at Mm. one point I worked at like a used CD store. Another time, like I was working for a different security company, but then um, did you like working at a CD store, a used one? I yes and no. Yeah. Because like I love music. I know I love music too, but I never got I never crossed the line. Well, my thing was when you have a CD from like 1997 that's just like a plain album, and you're mm-hmm. like, what genre do I put this in? Mm. I did not know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was before, like, you know, phones were all fancy. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know where to put this. So I'm just going to put it over here, <laughs> which they don't like. No. No. Because it feels like you're not doing your job. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm just confused. Yeah. But confusion abounds. <laughs> and yeah, like, um, when I was working security, like, before I started bouncing and stuff like mm-hmm. that, because of the relationship I had been in when I was 16 with my dislocated shoulder, I could literally, like I could pop out my shoulder putting on a sweater. Mm. Like it just, and it was constant pain all the time. So when you can do it like that, it hurts hey, every time. Like, oh yeah. Well, yeah. and it's not just the physical pain. It's that like, Hey, you got away, but did you really? Cause mm. here you are again. And then the lasting emotional pain. For oh sure. yeah. And it was during that time that I actually, um, got into opiates, mm. which I am like when I lived in the shitty subleased apartment mm-hmm. after moving out with the random guy, the, my not boyfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. Um, your make believe boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a word for it. That's the kind of special you should keep the paste away from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I might have ate paste when I was young too, when I was a I kid. I sniffed it. it, it we all made our choices. <laughs> I made my choice. It tasted like jello. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you didn't poop out an ornament, you're fine. But I don't think I did. Okay. It's hard to tell. <laughs> but yeah, like I'd started getting into opiates mm. when I was doing security again because like I went from working nights in Calgary to they switched me to days. So mm. I was working from eight to five. Like from like 11 to 7 and then 8 to 4 and then 6 to 2. Okay. So going from night shift to 6 a.m., mm-hmm. hell of a difference. Yeah. And with this pain and stuff, like I don't know how many times I went to the hospital because my shoulder hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. And each time they would just give me a bottle of Perks or a bottle of Oxys and mm-hmm. send me on my way. And I remember there was uh, this one instance, I because I carried a sling on me at mm-hmm. all times because it fell out so often. Yeah. I went to the hospital in Edmonton and I'm wearing my sling and I go into like the little room for the doctor to see you for mm-hmm. those quick things. And I'm wearing my sling and he's like, what's going on? I'm like my shoulder. Like I, I can't handle this. Like I had thrown up 
on the walk to the hospital because mm. of the pain. Yeah. And he undid the sling, which if you've ever had to wear like a one of those cheap shop, mm. shoppers ones, it goes right in between your breasts for a female, like right on your sternum. Oh. He reached over and unclipped it. And I just looked down and looked at him and I was like, uh, I, I could have done that. And then he grabbed my arm that was dislocated and brought it up and down so fast that I oh. screamed because he put it out in front of me and also oh. sideways. Oh. And I screamed and I was, I was mad. Yeah. And he's like, what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, well, I'd like it to get fixed. Mm. And he's like, well, that's not going to happen today. What do they usually do? I'm like, they usually give me perks and send me home. So he gave me a bottle of, I think, like 50 perks and sent me home. And so, again, one of those things where a higher power was looking out for mm -hmm. me because I would take about nine at a time at night living alone. Yeah, you got lucky. Oh, I got very lucky because this yeah. was also before like naloxone really became a thing. And mm -hmm. I lived alone like and nobody could get into my apartment. Yeah. Like it was looking back now of like holy shit if you don't believe in a higher power you're mm -hmm. kind of oh boy that because there was somebody there mm -hmm. <laughs> and something was going on yeah because like and this was i don't think there was a night where i didn't mm -hmm. use between like five and nine except for one day where i used two just to watch a movie and then i went out and drank and learned very quickly that you should not mix Perks yeah. and alcohol, because I ended up with a bruise probably about a foot long by about six, seven inches, like a rainbow on my back, because in my stupor, I was going to the washroom, and I stood up, and I had thrown up on the floor mm -hmm. while I was peeing, <laughs> like all great. That's efficiency, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any on my pants either. I would like to point that That's out. That's extra efficient. I'm not going to lie. Except for I <laughs> then, when I stood up to pull my pants up, I slipped in my own bile and smashed my back on the oh. um, plunger, like the toilet plunger. So that entire thing gave me a rainbow bruise oh that I didn't God. even know of until the next morning. You're lucky you didn't like knock yourself dead. Oh, so many times, yeah. like so, so many times, but like, you know, now because of all the trauma, I'm just really funny. Yeah. So I know it makes us funny, right? Well, it's either yeah. you have healthy coping strategies and like a support system or you're funny. Yeah. But, and it was <laughs> like, and it was one of those things where <laughs> like shortly after that, I was like, oh boy, this isn't how I'm supposed to be living. Mm. And that's when I started bouncing <laughs> was, I was like, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop doing this. Cause like, I'm, I'm testing the waters of my mm -hmm. own mortality, which I'm not really ready to do right now. And then, um, yeah, I bounced at one of the worst nightclubs in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Wait, there was a worse nightclub than what was the other one? Shits and shenanigans. Oh, gas pump. Oh, okay. The gas pump was right up there with uh, Richards. If you're familiar with Edmonton. Not. Don't. Okay. <laughs> no, I was thinking of Filthy McNasty's. Oh. I'm like, there's a worse bar than Filthy McNasty's? Oh, Filthy McNasty's was still calm. Okay. Like, I'm sure if you've ever... <laughs> you remember Mimi from the Drew Carey show? I do. That is what a lot of the women that went there looked like on 
the Friday and Saturday okay. nights. Like it was. There, so Mimi had like her own cult following kind of thing. Oh, but they weren't trying to. Oh, okay. They just, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. And <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> My very first night doing bouncing there. Yeah. Ended up with me needing surgery. Oh shit. <laughs> because there was a female on female fight between the doorways and I was the only female. Mm -hmm. And they went, hey, new girl, deal with it yourself. And I went, I don't think I'm supposed to be dealing with this myself. Um, Never. <laughs> That's how people end up getting surgery. Right? <laughs> and so because it was such a confined space and I looked at it going, okay, like if I pull one, the other one's just going to keep feeding them. Mm. So in my brilliance, I ducked underneath them, spread out my arms to separate them that way. Because that way I could get one out the front door mm. and secure. Because like, there was security just watching me break them mm. up. By the way, they were there. By the way. They just did not <laughs> care. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was my logic. Mm. And when I spread out my arms to separate them, the one girl slapped my hand and separated all the ligaments and tendons in my thumb. Oh, geez. Right? So I just thought it hurt. Yeah. Because, you know, getting hit anywhere is usually not... Like, if there's not a safe word involved, it usually sucks. Doesn't Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> feel good, right? Yeah, and to right. be in a fight doesn't feel good at all. Right, and... Unless you like getting hit, which... Again, that's why We can talk about that later. Yeah. That's but, right. That's right. But, yeah, so, like... Fidelio! Fidelio! Pineapple that's my safe. juice. Pineapple juice? Yeah. Nice. Or orange, because that way at the end you can be like, orange, you glad I didn't use the safe word? <laughs> 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 but, yeah, so, like, that happened, and the... One of the owners was like, you should probably go to the hospital. And I was mm. like, is this you recommending me this as person to person or as my boss telling me to? And he's mm. like, if it means you'll go, it's your boss telling you to. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll go. So I got to the hospital at like 4 o'clock Sunday morning. And they were like, yep, you need surgery. And so I was in surgery the following, I think, Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's funny about this is even the surgeon, he's like, did you know this injury only ever happens on someone's dominant hand? It will never happen on a hand that's not inconvenient. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. So they, because I'm left-handed, yeah. they, on my left hand. And so they gave me opiates. And then I, I was like. And, and that's tricky, right? Because after surgery, like you're in pain. Yeah. And you need something. And I'd been doing well. I think I was like a couple months. Yeah. And like I hadn't touched any stimulants. Mm -hmm. I had stopped taking the opiates myself. Yeah. Which that sucked. Yeah, big time. <laughs> like if you if you have the ability to do it at like a treatment a detox yeah. or even like have somebody there with you. Yes. Way better than doing it on your own because it call. really sucks. Yeah, it's shit. And that's L how people literally. Die. Yeah. <laughs> And yes, this puking shit. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, you were constipated? Wait a day. Mm. You're yeah. going to learn real fast. Yeah, we're going to find some stuff out. Yeah, and so they gave me opiates. And I was mm. like, oh, well, I've got like... And I do have a high tolerance to drugs. Yeah. Because I kept using too much. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, so they gave me those. And I had, I want to say it was probably about two weeks worth. Mm-hmm. 
that I mowed down on in probably about five days. Mm -hmm. And during this time, I moved from my shithole apartment to a new one and had to get internet hooked up in my apartment. Okay. And I had tried, I was, my thing was, I was like, I'm going to stay sober while the internet guy's here because like, I don't know this dude. I don't need to like down out. Not Mm -hmm. that I didn't know that term then. Yeah. But you know, not off. Yeah. I don't, I didn't need to do that when there was a strange man in my apartment while I was alone. I think it's good practice. Right. Cause yeah. I was at this point in time, it's like, well, the doctor gave them to me. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're okay for me to take. Cause that addict mindset. Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to be not high mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. That's right. You weren't ready to be free yet. Yeah. And so, um, in a pre-existing building, it took two days, 13 hours in total, and three people to hook up my internet in a pre-established building. So after the first seven hours that this guy was here, meanwhile, like I was jonesing mm-hmm. hard. Not that I recognized that because it's like, no, I'm not an addict. What could be what what could be addicting about Percocets? <laughs> what could be wrong right what's, now? What's wrong with opiates? That's fine. <laughs> I didn't even realize they were opiates. Like that's mm. how naive I was in my addiction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like I when he's like, oh, I'm going to have to have people come back here tomorrow to help me. So when he said that, I was like, I'm not doing this again. Mm-hmm. So he came back with his manager from Edmonton and the district manager from Calgary to help set up my internet. So then I was like, okay, I need to take at least something because I cannot go another however many hours feeling like this. Mm-hmm. Because I will get really bitchy really fast. And then they won't want to hook up my internet. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to. And they'll just get scared and run away. Right? So, like, I was like, okay, if I just take... And I would always do, like, the math of, like, oh, well, if, like, you know, this much feels good. If I just take enough to take the edge off, which, again, mm. like, that's that's addiction for just you. Just a smidge, man. Just right? a smidge. <laughs> so, like, and that's what I... W- so I did that, and it was actually... Um, after that with those was the last time I took any opiates. So mm. that's why I actually, uh, what day is it? The 15th. So mm-hmm. I think about four days ago is 11 years for me. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That was amazing. And that was my last stint and my mm-hmm. dumbass. I'd like to point out, I like after having surgery from my very first shift, mm-hmm. I went back of course before did. my healing time was even up. And yeah, like it was one of those things where I went there and I stopped using and I was, cause I finally felt like one, I was ready mm-hmm. and I finally felt like I had the support and people understanding. And also mm-hmm. like, I just, I wanted to stop sucking <laughs> like, for lack of a better t- word. Like I just, I finally felt like I was better off actually being me. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing where like, it takes a lot of like, it doesn't matter how many, however long it takes to be in psychosis or anything like that. Cause it's like, that's, I'm a firm believer that addiction is a symptom of trauma. Mm-hmm. And I was finally feeling heard. And finally feeling like what I was saying was actually 
believed, mm-hmm. which it was fellowship without the rooms, but by by my by other pickles in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like so it was one of those things where I finally felt ready to be in my feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's still gross, like wholeheartedly. For sure it is. Like it gets gross. Oh man. Yeah. But but that's okay. Yeah, right? Because that means you're alive. Right? Well, yeah. and now it's like, hey, I'm a I'm a ugly cry right now. <laughs> and you can either deal with it yeah. and be a part of this. <laughs> yeah. Or here is the exit. Someone who mm. does care enough. And like that switch, because like I remember one of the times that I tried to get clean, uh, I was 17. And I was dating this guy and he was like, oh, your friends aren't really your friends. You're all just a bunch of junkies that use together. And I was like, that's not true. My (laughs) friends love me. I don't have to use to hang out with them. Yes, I did. Yeah. We did not hang out sober. So (laughs) that was... Which is a strange turn of events because now you probably hang out with a bunch of folks that used to get high just like us. Right? Yeah. Like my favorite people. We hang out sober, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think from... Back in my using days, mm-hmm. I talked to I talked to Kieran still, the one that like saved my ass yeah. literally and metaphorically. Thank you, Kieran. <laughs> and yeah. um, my friend Amanda, who met me before I started using, and she is like my platonic life partner. I love this woman. Oh, fantastic! Right, like she, we met first day of school, grade twelve, mm-hmm. and now we live together. We're raising our kids together. We're we don't all the things we have the perfect mm-hmm. nuclear family on paper. It's like 2.5 kids house yeah. in the suburbs and a sexless relationship. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I appreciate all of my hetero life partners. As right. Well. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you got to have them. Darcy's one of my hetero life partners. Aren't you buddy? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the beards, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And it was, Yeah, basically just hanging out with pickles. Mm -hmm. And also, like, if you don't want a drink, Mm -hmm. work at a bar, work at a nightclub and see how sloppy people get. And you'll be like, oh, I didn't look that bad. Yes, you did. You always looked like... We all did. Oh. Yeah, we all did. Like There's a certain point of sloppy where you just... Yeah. Well, like, having to ask like grown people to leave the bar because they wet themselves yeah. and going like, <laughs> I don't know if I ever did that, but guarantee I probably did that. Like, it's... <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I worked at the bars, you, I would have said that to a manager and the manager would go, is he still drinking? And then you'd say like, well, yeah, he's still drinking. Well, he doesn't have to go, but, but sir, he pissed himself. Yeah. He's still drinking. He's fine. Right? No, like <laughs> it was karma because yeah. uh, we had met. I like we could smell the urine. Yeah, and we could see the puddles. Mm-hmm. So there I am, and one of my male coworkers, and we're trying to find where the pee. It's like who's got the pee? <laughs> and I found, it and it was this very old gentleman. Mm. And I was like, "Hey, it's a guy. You should do this so it's less embarrassing." Yeah. And then the next, it was literally the next night, he goes, hey, 
because we could smell pee again. And we're mm-hmm. like, is that old guy here again? Yeah. And he's like, hey, this lady pissed herself. It's your turn. And I was like, <laughs> it's karma. Well, <laughs> and, and you know, I think that was preparing us, though, for being able to hang around our fellows, right? Our fellow pickles. Right? Like, yeah. I I went into school for, like, I had my first daughter in, at the end of 2013. Right on. And then uh, after maternity leave, because I sure as hell wasn't going back to the bar. Yeah. Because I also didn't live in Edmonton anymore. Yeah. Um. I went back to school and right I on. took um, addiction and community service work. I was actually the very first class in Alberta and possibly Canada hmm. that took the addiction and community service work course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I took that and I hit the ground running. Right on. So I've been in the field since like 2016 mm-hmm. and like working at this establishment that mm. no longer exists it's mm. now like a a different one it's n- no it's now like a korean restaurant oh, okay okay <laughs> so it's not a different one no <laughs> at least i hope not because really but um yeah like so i've been in the field since 2016 and honestly like i look at all the things that i've experienced mm-hmm. and all like the past jobs i've had and it made me so like it all led to like where I am today because mm-hmm. like I've worked in, um, so my older daughter, there was a high probability that she was going to be born with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So I researched the hell out of Down syndrome because I'm like, I want to make sure that I am best prepared for my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, she, d- she was not born with Down syndrome, uh, but I still had that knowledge and then mm-hmm. I had gone to school and I actually got to work in disability services after I graduated college. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I worked in uh, a youth group home for high needs, high behavior kids. Mm-hmm. Because, and it was one of those things where as traumatic of events that I've lived through, because mm-hmm. like, oh, we've barely touched those ones. Yeah. You can see my uh, relapses based on trauma and mm. like dating <laughs> track record. Yeah. But... Um, There's yeah. ways to trace the tracks of our tears. That's oh, for sure. Oh boy, yes. Which is <laughs> why I'm also a believer in like addiction is a symptom of trauma. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other rant, I tell you. And yeah, so I worked at a youth group home, and I loved these kids. Like they were so, they all had so much potential in their own ways. Mm-hmm. And um, one kid, he was actually he was actually my key kid. I met him. Uh, on his 13th birthday and he is 20 this year mm-hmm. and we still talk daily. Well, that's pretty awesome. Cause I told him, I was like, I am leaving this job. I am not leaving you. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, this kid has become such an amazing young man and cool. it's like, Hey, thank you for letting me like carry on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Cause I had told him, I was like, I'm leaving this job. I'm not leaving you. You reach out to me. And if and when you do, I will respond, but I will not do, I will not reach out to you first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, working there, and then it just, it got too difficult with the hours because it was shift work. Yeah. And it's like, I'm tired all the time. Oh, shift work is so hard. Oh, man. Brutal. Well, especially because it was still like a 40 minute drive. Mm-hmm. So working like a night shift and then having to drive home, you're like, the sun's up and I hate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just not. Those fun. are hard drives. Those are the longest well, ones. Well, it was uh, Sylvan Lake to Red Deer. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, for a while, it was Sylvan Lake to like Southeast Calgary. So not yeah. as bad of a commute, but not still as bad. shitty. Yeah, Darcy's from Sylvan Lake area. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. That was uninteresting. <laughs> I'm from Ottawa. I'm not allowed to talk shit about where anyone lives. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I worked there for a couple of years, and that's when, and it was the disability services. Like, I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't my fit. And then working with these kids, like, it's really hard to listen to these kids and what they've been through mm-hmm. with one not wanting to hit the adults that have been in their lives mm-hmm. or like you know going like hey what happened to you can we can we do mm-hmm. some work on you too mm-hmm. and also like i was a single mom so like having this my little girl it was so hard to know about the evil that's in the world mm-hmm. and not putting it on her so like I had to step back from that. So then I became um, an intensive case manager for a housing first program. Mm-hmm. And oh, that was my niche. I'm like, oh, you pickles. Hi, mm-hmm. let me, let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. And um, I got, like I had five people on my caseload and I, they will all always have mm. a special place in my heart. Like I cannot express how much mm. these people taught me. Like one of my guys was uh, schizoaffective mm-hmm. and also used meth, which mm. again, schizoaffective form of schizophrenia. Yeah. Let's not make you think like things that involve psychosis probably aren't the best bet. And this man, oh, he will always just like, I still talk to his mom mm-hmm. and I've been out of that job since 2018, 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2018. And I still talk to his mom <laughs> and because when he would have his episodes, cause like I'd have to drive him to like doctor's appointments, um, mm-hmm. apartment viewings, all that stuff. Um, and when he would get that, like, Oh, these people are watching us. He would actually protect me as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember I talked to my supervisor and I'm like, what do I do? Like, what is my best course of action to work with him? And she was like, even though it's not your reality, it's his reality. Mm -hmm. So do not tell him there's nobody there. Don't tell him like, don't basically don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. Simplest way where it's like, and she told me that. So whenever this would happen, I'd be like, okay, are they still watching us? Like, I think it's safe for us to go now. If you feel like it's safe Mm -hmm. because and that I have held on to forever with everybody. And I, I tell that to um, my kids now too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was there and I, I got yelled at by a social worker and a mm-hmm. doctor at this job, which good for you. Right. I was sometimes like, you got to stand up for shit. Well, like low key, pretty proud because um, apparently no matter how professional you are, if somebody says your mother in a sentence, you're going to yell at them (laughs) because, um, (laughs) I better stop saying that then. Well, he deserved it. (laughs) I would do it again, but I had a, uh, female client and like this woman is like one of the sweetest people I have ever met. And that's one thing where like a little side tangent where it's like, Oh, look at that like drunk or that junkie Mm -hmm. or that whatever. I'm like, actually her name is mm-hmm. Jane and She's she a human. is a loving mother mm-hmm. whose husband passed away who da 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 where it's like that's 
I've had some Easter dinners where they were hecka uncomfortable mm. because of those conversations. But she had, uh, she was hospitalized for cirrhosis of the liver. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting in a conference with her doctor, with a social worker, uh, and her. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there and this doctor is saying all his medical jargon. And she's sitting there going, I don't understand what you're saying. I, I don't know what that means. What, what does that, what does that mean? I don't mm-hmm. understand. I, I guess I'll just die. Mm-hmm. And once she said that, and this man was still talking over her, mm-hmm. I also didn't realize I was pregnant at the time, so hormones probably had a little bit to do with this. Okay. Um, I went, do you hear what she's saying? Mm-hmm. Do you, like, if I can hear her, you can, because we are the same distance apart. You're talking over her while she's saying, okay, just let me die. Mm-hmm. What if this was your mother saying this? Would you not stop and realize something? Like, that you are not doing this okay. Mm-hmm. I, I was much more brash than that. Mm-hmm. I recognize this. But <laughs> I was mad. Because, like... It's an emotional time. Well, and, like, you know... That's an obvious sign of abuse and potentially neglect and... Right? Right? So you're responding to what's in front of you. Well, and, like, again, like, I have always strived to be the person that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's one of those things where even as... A teenager with addictions, everything like that, it was like I make the joke that a lot of my sobriety started off with spite. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reason why I'm still here was just because I was pissed off at whatever happened. Because, mm-hmm. like, I had had a suicide attempt when I was 17, mm-hmm. and my mom had taken me to the hospital, and I had seen like five doctors in six hours. And the last doctor was like, I'm going to say something to you and I want you to tell me what it means. Mm-hmm. I was also withdrawing from like meth and like ecstasy. Mm-hmm. So it was probably a bit of like the, I, I refer to it mm-hmm. as dementors because that's what dementors, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, if you cut out your eyes because you see one thing ugly, what do you miss? And I was like, all the beautiful things in life. He's like, do you understand why I'm saying this? I'm like, I understand what the expression is, but if anyone had to listen to me for any of this time, you know, it's not one thing that I want to end it for. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it was, um, I left the hospital with my mom and I was like, mom, you don't have to worry. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to work with kids and teenagers because if one person can talk to me instead of that fucking idiot, mm-hmm. I'm golden. So I can't do it because of him. And that worked. And same with like getting clean and mm-hmm. all these things and recognizing that like, there is no such thing as like a lost cause or like, oh, nameless junkie number seven. It's like, no, these are not extras in films. Like each of Mm -hmm. these people have so much to teach. Mm -hmm. And I, I love my pickles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's, well, I made the joke to you the other day of like, this is why pickles are in jars because we do better together. We do. Right. Much better. It's interesting because we do also much worse. If we're not trying to heal, we get together, we do so much worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's, de- well, that's why like, you know, with the, cause I had never actually heard of the term 12th stepping in all the years I've been in meetings mm. until coming to Calgary where it's like, that's just sharing the message. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay. I like that. But yeah, like being able to see like even just those moments or when like I, uh, I worked in forest lawn for a bit, mm-hmm. uh, last year for a pilot project. Okay. And I think it's super cool that you're working in the field. It's pretty I, awesome. I can't imagine doing anything else. Like I, yeah. and 
it's really awesome when, um, so Forest Lawn's one of the last um, physical strolls for prostitution. Okay, yeah. And there was, so when I was working as outreach after the pilot project, um, I would keep condoms and dental mm-hmm. dams and all that kind of thing supplied. Mm-hmm. And rather than going like, hey, you need any of this stuff? I'd be like, hey, do you need any PPE for work mm-hmm. today? Because that's what it is, personal mm-hmm. protection equipment. And there was this one woman who I asked her that, and she and they, they knew my humor, mm-hmm. so she'd giggle. And she's like, yeah, I could use some. And she goes, I know I should be doing something else. And I went, hey, no judgment. At least you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. I was a nonprofit organization that thought I was doing things for feelings. <laughs> and... <laughs> And she laughed as well at that. (laughs) And it was one of those things where like probably seven, eight months later, Mm -hmm. I was just in the area, figured I'd say hi to um, one of the places in Forest Lawn that served lunch to the community. And she recognized me. And she ran up and she's like, oh my God, girl, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. I got off dope. I quit, kicked it myself. I'm doing really good. I'm on like day five. I'm not feeling shaky anymore, but like I got off dope and I was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. You, we had like, you know, a five minute interaction Mm -hmm. and you're sharing this like life changing news with me. Like it Mm -hmm. was such a surreal, like, and almost every interaction I have with people Mm -hmm. is just this like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, yeah. this is like, this is my job, my volunteering, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is your life. And you want to share this piece with me. Like, thank you. Like, it's mm. such a like humbling and just unreal, like amount of love, honestly, is mm-hmm. like the best way to describe it. Yeah, it is. It's like a return of love, right? Yeah. That intimacy that they give by sharing that stuff. Yeah. Like it's... Mm-hmm. Like I have, um, like every single client or like person I've met that's passed away. Like I've, I write all their names down mm-hmm. just because it's one of those things where I'm like, Hey, like I want you to know that you were honored and remembered, mm-hmm. even if it's just me writing your name down, but because like every person deserves that. And, you know, unfortunately like there's way too many people that have passed away from overdose, but mm-hmm. I think one is too many, honestly. But like the people who were like, Hey, I'm five days clean or six months or mm-hmm. six years or whatever. Like I get just as excited when they're like, I haven't used today as I do when they go like, Hey, I'm taking my three year chip today. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same amount where I'm like, no, I will forever be your cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Like, I might not be going to the bars like at all because like you want to go out after 10 even if I don't drink. Like, no, mm. that's too late. I want to be in bed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If I'm not in bed by 10, I'm definitely on my couch in a blanket. Right? Yeah. Like, excuse me, I'm I'm wearing a onesie right now mm. and petting my cat. You need to sit right yeah. down. <laughs> I saw a post about people my age and it was about like, I'll go out with you. I'll do anything with you as long as it's before eight. (laughs) (laughs) I will do just about anything before eight. Right? Like you want me to leave at eight? Yeah. No thanks. (gasps) No thanks. Like that means I could get ready to go out or I could get ready in my sweats. Mm -hmm. 
Swats and just make some popcorn and yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like I, even though I'm not that party person anymore, I will forever be a woo girl. Mm -hmm. Like someone can tell me <laughs> that like, you know, woo girl. Woo. Yeah. Like that's right everything. <laughs> and like I actually, uh, the job I was working last year, I quit that job because my boss did not appreciate me being a woo girl. Mm. So I was like, nope, this isn't the fit for me then. Yep. Because everything, everything, like to a degree, like obviously to a degree, but even then, no, everything deserves to be valued and given mm. credit for. Because like some days it's like, hey, you got out of bed today? That's amazing. Oh, you finished your degree today? That's amazing. Like sometimes mm. getting out of bed is really hard, mm -hmm. which is also like I've worked in programs where I'm like, hey, if you're willing to do something well, mm. like do something, be willing to do it poorly. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you want to make a BLT sandwich, but then you get home and you don't want to? Fry the bacon, eat it. Eat mm -hmm. a tomato like an apple. Shove some lettuce <laughs> in your mouth. Congratulations, you made a BLT. Shove some lettuce in your mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like, I get it. That's hilarious. Right? Like, existing <laughs> is hard. Let's... It really fucking is. And people need... Sometimes just the little things are so helpful, right? Right, just well, the little things, because like, they're big things to some people, right? Well, that's actually like I have a uh, tattoo of it's my inch pebble is what I call it. Okay. And it's the philosophy of like everyone's like the amount of times like working with people who are like n newly sober or trying to get there, and they're like, oh, I I need to get sober. Mm. I want to find a like a partner. I want to get a house. I want to da 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 da, and I'm like. Hey, how about like you want to find matching socks today? I know mm -hmm. that sounds small and silly, but like, you know. Well, the rest of the shit's gonna take time. Yeah. And the finding socks might not take as much time. Well, and that's just it, yeah. and that's why it's like inch pebbles. Yeah. Because everyone's always for gotcha. those huge milestones. Mm -hmm. But it's like, hey, you got out of bed today. Did mm -hmm. you make your bed today? You did. And then you got dressed. You even if it's changing your like. I don't know about you, but like, especially during COVID where it's like, Hey, you got out of your night sweatpants and into your day sweatpants. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Cause sometimes I don't want to do that. I just decided at a certain point to not even change my sweatpants when I was just hiding at home. <laughs> I was working so much. I did too. Yeah. That's when I was at the shelter. Oh God. That would have been awful. It was, I shouldn't say awful. It would have been hard ass work extra. It was intense. Like yeah. the shifts were long. And then I started working in shelters. That's how I started. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, there is something that is indescribable when these like people that look like hardened criminals and mm. like, you know, the undesirables I'll say, cause any other word is just gross mm -hmm. <laughs> and having them open up and talk to you about stuff mm -hmm. and share things with you is like, you're adorable. Like mm -hmm. I've had people who were pled guilty to heinous crimes, mm -hmm. get teary eyed and tell me something good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, like I will, it's really hard for me to judge people. Or, like, have low thoughts on them. <laughs> I have no room to judge anybody. 
I've done some serious shit. Right? So, well, yeah. it's like the prostitute in Forest Lawn who was like, I know, I should do something different. I'm like, nah, you're getting paid. And you don't have I wasn't to do that nothing smart. different. <laughs> Prostitution's honorable as far as I'm concerned. Right? It, I, oof. Puts everything on the table, man. There's nothing wrong with it. Insurance, I wish we treated safety. them better. Yeah, I wish we treated our workers better. Oh, yeah, right? me too. Like, and it's not like they should be changing something. Well, and the thing is, it's like, if you don't, like, basically any job mm-hmm. is a form of prostitution. You are totally. giving, you are paying someone for their time and their services. Mm-hmm. What is prostitution? Yep. You are paying for their time and services. But, oh, we could have like a whole separate episode on that. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's close to my heart, right? Because that's part of what I used to do when I was practicing out there. And, yeah. Um, it, it's just not safe. No, and if, there's a, if there's stuff we can do to make it safer, I think we should. Right. I yeah. wholeheartedly agree. Like my, yeah. um, I, so by giving them PPE, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I still shit. have some in my like personal vehicle, like the, the water all froze. So I have to replace that. Mm. But like having like just basics of like condoms, yeah. socks, naloxone. Yeah. Like I've been keeping naloxone here late last few months just yeah. because we had we opened up uh that thursday night meditation mm-hmm. um sometimes folks will come in and they'll want some right. naloxone or whatever and it's the nasal ones oh those ones I, are fit. like those yeah are i get those from uh, his wife from darcy's wife michelle yeah how do i become friends with michelle <laughs> <laughs> she's like, a fabulous human yeah right like i've it, it's one of those like i know i can't hold on to it forever mm-hmm. but while I can, like I've attended and assisted in probably over 200 overdoses mm. and every single one of them that I've attended, they've come out of. Right on. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I know I won't always be that lucky. Yeah, and But like, I am so grateful that I was able to do mm. something. So like, cause I, uh, I worked in Kelowna for a while as well at uh, okay. transitional housing, which yeah. I loved the job mm-hmm. again. Like I loved the people. Like I love the Okanagan too. Oh yeah. Right. So, so gorgeous. Nice. Yeah. So expensive. I know. But so pretty. Yeah. Um, but it was and like I I constantly make the joke like throughout the years I'm like oh they're my favorite, but see you can't have favoritism when they're all your favorite, <laughs> and like these people I have nothing but love for like mm. each and every one of them, and this transitional housing in Kelowna was basically a gated trap community, mm. like, and. For a lot of the times, I would have to respond to the overdoses solo, mm-hmm. and they had really cool naloxone though. Like it was in the glass, it was in the vials, mm-hmm. and it was a glass bottle that you just broke the top off and stuck the needle in, as opposed to like pulling it out like the plunger. Okay, way easier. Way easier. Like, so it's kind of like the old morphine jabs they would give you back in the day. They would just you poke it in and just squeeze it. Well, this one, it, like the glass vial, and yeah. you just it had like a cone top. Oh, okay, just, cool. You could bend it, break it off with your thumb, hmm. and then you don't have to worry about not getting it all because you're holding the bottle downward, and hmm. so much easier. Oh, fantastic. And, like, that place... Saves lives. Oh, gosh, yes. Like, that's one thing where I've gotten, like, there's some red tape, and I said this about the job that I quit from for mm-hmm. different views, where I'm like, you want to put red tape up because my employer did not like naloxone. She did not think that we should have it. Mm. And I went, I will run through that red tape like a finish line. Try and stop me. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, I think I think it's 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 um, hubris not to have that stuff on hand if you're serving a population in any right. capacity. Yeah. Well, and especially because like and like since COVID and stuff, because let's face it, it's not ever going to be like it's going to take a longer than like a year for things to normalize. If it even does, right? Right. Yeah. And like it's madness out there. It was so scared. Like I'm. I think we talked about this when I met you, where it's like, I am so grateful that fentanyl was not mm -hmm. a thing when I yeah. was out there because it Same was here. like, when I was living in Kelowna, a 12 year old girl overdosed. She had bought weed off of a guy, mm -hmm. like off of a person. And they had put fentanyl in the marijuana and she overdosed on that. And I'm like, Hey, no, like that's, it's all scary. Mm -hmm. And especially like I have a 14 year old niece and I've mm -hmm. got brothers and sisters and like my own kids were like, uh, they're nine and four, so they better mm -hmm. not be touching anything. But like, yeah, but the trouble is I could see why it would worry a parent, right? Yeah, because like things are not looking like they're getting better. Yeah. And right? like, you know, when people are making these drugs in like literally in their bathtubs mm -hmm. or wherever else and using whatever they could find, mm -hmm. it's scary. Yeah. Like there was... Um, fentanyl going around that had uh, benzos in it, mm -hmm. which those are also a downer. So they would, it was basically like using fentanyl and being roofied. Like that's mm. how out they were. Yeah. And like, Fuck. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, and it seems like, it seems like out there um, and you could probably, cause you're working frontline, obviously, but it seems like it's just so, it's so much more dangerous in so many different ways now to even just acquire the drugs and to be around the drugs because people are getting shot over nickel and dime bags yeah. in, in Canada now. Well, whereas, there's been three stabbings, I think, this week alone. Mm -hmm. And things are just like looking like they're getting worse a little bit, right? Now I know the people say it's not and all that kind of stuff. But that's I, because it's a vulnerable population that no one likes to talk about. Yeah, and that's my opinion too. My opinion is is like it's it's a real problem when it starts becoming the outskirts and not just the population that yeah. the majority don't really think about. Well, and right? the biggest thing is like and I was talking actually uh yesterday with one of my friends of going like because yeah, there's been three stabbings in Calgary like mm. this week. And yeah. a big part of it, and I, so we were, he was going like, what the hell's going on? And I was mm -hmm. like, honestly, it's probably because everyone's doing their taxes. That's so it's point. like, hey, you owe me money. You mm -hmm. don't have it. Like, don't and stab people. Something's happening. Like, because somebody was shot in a bus too, right? Like on yeah, a bus? And yeah, in uh, Edmonton, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then a, a body was found in Southwest Calgary in a suitcase. Yep. Like this stuff, like to me, and I get it. Like I know that. There's always been violence and always been this stuff, but you can't tell me. No. Because it, two weeks ago, uh, a 15-year-old was shot and killed in an alley, and since then, we've had all the other stuff happening. Yeah. Well, and like last year... How is it not worse? Last year, like <laughs> the surge in gun violence that we're still mm -hmm. seeing today, and I actually... Um, it's one of those things where a client that I had... Um, actually spoke up about where a lot of the guns were coming from. Mm. And with their information, um, I like I personally passed it along to a police officer mm. and they were able to set, shut down a trap house that was also exploiting children. Oh, fantastic. And like, 
it was one of those things though where this place they were like basically selling high caliber weapons for like a point of meth mm-hmm. or like you know like small doses mm-hmm. of drugs you'd get a weapon jesus and like there will it'll be a while before that goes away yeah i didn't even hear about that but that's just another added yeah. element right well like the uh hit and run last year mm-hmm. where the woman unfortunately was shot yes just on 36th street mm-hmm. and 17th Ave. um like it's all part of it and same with like you know it's one of those things where they just spoke out about the news about um working girls uh their bodies being discovered out by um chestamere oh jeez. and that was that old guy that just got like raided right His... and that's something that if people were to actually like listen to mm-hmm. these individuals and not just be like, oh, they're just, you know, junkies, they're just hookers. Yeah. Cause like no one's, no one is just anything. Well, that's how Picton got away with it for so long. Yeah. It's because it was prostitutes, right? Yeah. And yeah. Cause they have been crying out about this mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Like I personally mm-hmm. have heard it from probably about a half a dozen women at mm. least in like a few short months last year. Yeah. And I had tried calling. Crime Stoppers to let them know about these things and nobody listened. Mm-hmm. So I, I raged a little bit on a Facebook thing That's with fair. that one. Cause I was That's like, fair. no, this stuff is, this stuff is crazy. Enough is enough. Right. Like, enough is enough. Just because people are in the sex trade doesn't mean they should be raped no. or fucking murdered or anything like that. This is the fact that there's people that actually think it's okay that we just let this shit happen. is fucking sickening. Oh yeah. You know? Well, and like how many times, if you're ever on any of those like crime watch pages mm-hmm. or anything like that, where it's, oh, well, it was just like, you know, homeless mm-hmm. on homeless violence. It's like, would you feel that way if it was like your kid, your mm-hmm. parent, your spouse? Like, yeah, it's not just, it's not just anything. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, no one is adjust. Yeah. Like. And I was looking at, I think it was Darcy's wife posted something about a, it was like a map of Edmonton and it had red dots on it for all the missing and murdered indigenous women, I Mm -hmm. think. I think that's what it was. And uh, it's appalling. Yeah. This is appalling. I'm sorry. It is appalling. Mm -hmm. Like there, that is, if people, I don't know why their people aren't up in arms about this. I don't understand. Like it looks like a fucking war zone up there. Right? Like unbelievable. So, but again, this is what we go back to when we were talking about um, yeah, okay, maybe, I, I don't know how to describe it being a woman, but I can definitely see where society has let women down, right? Yeah. Like, and, and this is one specific area that we're talking about with just simply the working girls, yeah. okay? These are women. These are humans. These are moms, daughters, sisters, whatever. Everything, yeah. Right? Um, well, I'm like, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, it's one of those things where like in my, my own experience, because mm. I, like I have been sexually assaulted multiple times throughout my life. Mm. And again, like I, I didn't let it cripple me. I let it be able to help me help others through it of going like, Hey, I don't know how you're feeling, mm. but I do understand some like of the feelings the around this stuff. things. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I don't understand what you are feeling, but I do have an idea. Mm-hmm. And like one of the worst things was it took me um, a while to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And I had told my best friend 
that I had been uh, raped. Mm -hmm. And she goes, were you raped or were you just being a drunk slut? Oh my and God. it was one of those things where I'm like, hmm, you kind of suck. <laughs> and that's one of your female friends. Yeah. And that is, um, there's this absolutely phenomenal song by uh, Morgan St. Jean called uh, Not All Men. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where she describes, um, like, it's not all men, but it's some of them, but it's all women yeah. is, like, the yeah. course. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's, like, unfortunately, it's usually, like, oh, this, like, you know, like, what's happened, like, the body's being discovered in Chestermere mm -hmm. of, like, oh, well, they were prostitutes getting into someone's car. It's, like, no, there were women who were taken without consent. From their job. Yeah. They like, were taken from their job site. If that happened to any other job site, yeah, we would have shut the fucking city down. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, and that's just it. And yeah. it's one of those things where, like, the amount of times where, and I'm sure, like, again, like, I can't speak on... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm swearing. I'm getting a little upset. Oh, like, it's okay. Shit's upsetting. It is. Like, yeah. it's, it's deplorable. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where it's, oh, well, what was she wearing? Mm -hmm. Oh, she was flirting? Like... Yeah, okay. You know, like, and it's like, hey, consent is key. No means no. Mm -hmm. Like, I have, yeah, like, I have a nine-year-old daughter and a four-year-old daughter. Yeah. And I learned that, you know, I always thought I'd be, like, the cool, chill mom. Mm -hmm. I am not. <laughs> I you might, you might grow your way into it. You never know. I don't think so. I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> like, as much as I would hope. But, like, my uh, nine-year-old, the day after her birthday... A 12-year-old boy had come up to her and thrown her to the ground. And, like, she came home and she was crying and she was covered in snow. Mm. Even after, like, walking, like, this whole, like, two minutes, mm. not even. But she was still covered in snow that had turned to ice and she was crying and she was upset and her shoulder hurt. Mm -hmm. So I got her changed, warmed up, like, settled. And then, this is why I know I'm not the cool mom or the chill mom, because I went to the park where, the, <laughs> where these kids were. I think that's a mom mom. That's what I think. Right. Well, yeah. thank you for that. But it yeah, was still that's what because I, I went up and I was like, hey, kids. And I spoke with my niece who was still there. I'm like, did you see what happened? No. You guys are supposed to look out for each other. We're going to have a conversation later. Mm. And then I looked at the boy and I'm like, you know why I'm out here though, don't you? Uh, I think so. And I'm like, yeah, you want to tell me what happened? He's like, well, we were playing. I'm like, did she know you were playing? Well, I guess not. I'm like, yeah, no, she didn't. Mm -hmm. You don't put your hands on any person mm -hmm. without them knowing. Consent is key. And also, she's nine. You're 12. Like, mm -hmm. it was her birthday yesterday. Like, I... Because, like, it's one of those things where I don't ever want to be the person that just, like... Mm -hmm. You know, soapboxes are there for a reason. But it's like, hey, kid... Don't put, don't, don't touch anyone without consent. Yeah. Like, I'm hoping that you're going to have this drilled into your head. Yeah. Cause in the same breath of me saying like consent is key mm -hmm. was if I have to take her to the hospital, you bet your ass we're pressing charges. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause I don't like I would do it for any kid, mm -hmm. but like it's my baby. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's the right thing to do. Like, I mean, there, there has to be accountability. Well, right? like that whole, yeah. like, Oh Boys will be boys. Kids will be kids. It's like, no. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. 
the uh, boys I, will be boys. Boys of what? Boys will be fucking rapists. Is that what you're getting yeah, at? Like that's like, not true. Oh, my yeah. daughter having her shoulders exposed is yeah. going to distract boys. Well, what? Like, is there something cool on the like on her shoulder? We like, need to we teach our boys her? like better like focus and like attention stuff yeah. as opposed to well, yeah. and like that's just it. Where it's like. Um, and like I've, I've, I don't know if you can tell, but I have a lot of opinions on things. <laughs> For sure, that's good. Right? And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, he only hits you because he likes mm. you. This is why females get into abusive relationships, and like why any person, because like, mm. I don't know if you ever heard it, where it's like they're picking on me. Oh, it's probably because they like you. Yeah, I think I have probably heard that before. Right, and then it's like yeah. this is why there's such yeah. low. I haven't heard it since I was a kid, probably, but yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm sure I have heard that. Like, luckily, it's changing in our yeah. generation because we're like, you know, like now the kids that heard that are adults and like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I do. I remember as a kid, and now I just don't even think of it because it's so fucked up. Like, it's, right? Yeah. And like, it's just so so shitty to say that or think that. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, think what you want, but don't fucking say it. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, they hit me because they're not emotionally or physically. So this is how some people show love. Right? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, again, like you can tell my using record based on trauma. Mm -hmm. Where like I went really deep when really bad stuff happened. Mm -hmm. And it started at like 13. So it was one of those things where I'm like, you know, my parents did the best they could with the best with what they had. Mm -hmm. And nothing against that. But it's one of those things where it's like, mm. Let's let's not do that. Like, mm. hey, if somebody puts their hands on you and you don't want them to, sweetie, if you like, I've told my daughter, I'm like, if you get in trouble for defending, for mm. having your autonomy being like disrespected, and you're gonna put hands on somebody because they've mm -hmm. touched you without your consent, I will take you out for ice cream the day you get suspended for mm -hmm. that. As long as you are never the person to go into someone's personal space mm -hmm. and you're protecting your own or like your sisters, you mm -hmm. will never ever have me upset with you for that one. Yeah. Right on. Right. Cause it's like, no, this is the best you can do. Right. Right. Well, like I've had that, uh, <laughs> um, it was last Oscar, like when the Oscars happened last year, when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> I forgot all about that. And That's funny. The reason why I bring uh, it up is because it was the day after the Oscars. Yeah. And I was at my parents' house. And again, like I, I love my mom. Her mm -hmm. and I have matching tattoos. She mm -hmm. did the best that she could. And she, I was giving my kids shit for something because I'm a mom and that's what you do with kids where it's like, hey, just knock it off. Mm. And my mother went, oh, like, you just need to be more firm with your discipline on them. And I looked at her and I went, hey, mom, you disciplined us. Look how your kids turned out. I'm going to try something different. Mm -hmm. And my stepdad, who was sitting <laughs> just a few feet away, yeah. went, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I kept watching TV. <laughs> it was great. And I thought the huh was going to be followed with, and then he ran out the back door and hid in the backyard for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just sat there and kept watching TV. But awesome. the reason why I bring up the Oscars is because mm. my mother gave him the exact same look that Jada Pinkett Smith gave to Will Smith when he laughed at Chris Rock's joke. <laughs> and it was one of those things where, like, I saw yeah. it. And I'm like, 
Oh, thank Ooh. God he just laughed and kept watching TV and didn't yep. hit me because he is much larger than me. But it was like, oh, my God. Oh, man. But, you know, like, all we can do is, like... <laughs> That's all we can do. <laughs> just try my best and be mm. funny while I'm at it and hopefully have my kids have humor and healthy coping strategies and Yeah, support. and compassion like their mom. Uh, I try. Yeah, well, and thank you for being uh, one of the earth angels out there. Thank we you. need it. We need it. Just, we we need a lot of earth angels, and thankfully there's there's many of us oh, out there. Oh, there's, like, I I just, like, I've instilled in my kids where it's like, if you want to see good in the world, be good in the world. Got to put I it out there, man. would not say that I that about myself, but mm -hmm. thank you for saying so. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, you got to put good out there. That's how we do it. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We don't have to be thinking we're doing good all the time. Just live and... Try to let people live, right? Right? Like, yeah. I, I'm a big believer in random compliments. Mm -hmm. Like, don't make it weird. Sometimes, sometimes I make it weird, weird, though. Yeah. But, like... Sometimes I really do. You know, like, if... And, like, I'll say it to anyone, like, and I've said it to work, like, girls at work and everything mm -hmm. like that, where I'm like, hey, like, just so you know, like, you look really nice today. Or, like, mm. hey, like, look at you. You're glowing today. Because, like, it does nothing... To just say Except something. It makes nice. people feel pretty good. Exactly. Right? Like, and it actually doesn't hurt us either to say no. it. Like, it makes us feel pretty good too. Like, if you have something nice to say, like, mm. everyone's all about being like, oh my God, did you see what? Yeah, like, you don't gotta they be fake. Wore. It's just like, be real yeah. about it. But, and like, it's really fun to be like, like, there was a guy I was working, um, and I was at one of the hockey games, and this guy had a magnificent beard. Oh, I, I thought you were grow. gonna say butt. I was like, oh, oh no, that's that's <laughs> assault. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Consent is key. Consent is key. But like, he had a magnificent beard. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me, like I'm not, I don't want to make this like odd for you or anything, mm -hmm. but like your beard is top notch. Like, mm -hmm. damn, that is a nice beard. I can't grow mine, so I'm gonna give you credit where credit's mm -hmm. due. And you just see him go like. Huh, thanks. And you always have them like mm -hmm. you always see them do that like little side check out and just like yeah. Yep. It's like, it does nothing. Darcy's like yeah, well, yeah. I did notice yours on yeah pictures and videos. I remember once I was I was walking in Kensington with uh, with a girlfriend. This is probably I don't know 12, 13 years ago, maybe longer. <laughs> and uh, I had I had a longer beard. And this guy with a long beard was coming towards me, and I was walking with my girl, and he was walking with his girl, and we both locked eyes, and I was like, "That's a really nice beard, man." And he goes, "Yours is a really nice beard too, man." And then the girl, his girlfriend, was like, "You guys want a minute?" Or <laughs> I was like, "Maybe." Can we braid them together? Yeah, can, like... we, can we spend time braiding them? That's. Um, I think he would probably be able to pull a beard off. Although, I can't grow it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't come in, which is my problem. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, though, really, like, we're talking our two faces here are probably better off covered, yeah. right? Yours <laughs> would not be better off covered. <laughs> I will throw that out there, but ours probably are. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing how, like, you know, you go from looking like a full-grown man to, like, hey, you're 12. Yeah, hey, right? I just uh, got out of college. And <laughs> <laughs> but, Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Do you have anything else you would like to share with anyone? Don't be a dick. Like, <laughs> I like that. Right? Yeah, I like that. Thank so, you so much, Haley. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure.